It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Eric Kendricks, no longer a Viking. We said that it was going to be a new looks Vikings team when you think about the new regime. Your favorite Vikings were not going to be here. I don't know if I had Eric Kendricks on my bingo card, but this means that there's a lot of changes coming that a lot of fans may not be happy with, but probably is going to work out for the best of the Vikings organization in the future. Either get cut or cut your money down. I think that's going to be the new theme of this Vikings offseason. We'll talk about that next coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Vikings. Eric Kendricks is no longer a Viking. Uh, Brian Flores, defensive coordinator, clearly has a vision, but his vision cannot happen unless Quasey and Kevin O'Connor are all on the same page. And it seems like they're lockstep figuring out, one, how to get under the cap to take care of these early first round uh, draft, the draft pick they have to pick up, whether they trade that and get more picks, whether they're bringing in Brian Flores type guys who can play in his scheme. Eric Kendricks is the first domino to fall. One of the veterans that we did not think would be gone. We also have to talk about the Gophers. Gophers basketball for the women. We know it's going to be a new change coming up and Lindsey Whalen steps down. But Ben Johnson heading into the conference championship, championships, sorry, tournament. What does he need to do to make sure Mark Coyle understands that his vision is going to work in the next two to three years? We'll talk about that. But remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And remember, those parlays are coming up for the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is the best time of the year, March 12th, Selection Sunday. Everybody's going to be glued to their TV. Monday, Tuesday, as we're watching those play-ins, everybody's going to be glued to those phones. Get your bets in because these parlays, this is the best time to get a ton of odds and win a lot of money. But as I bring Sam Ekstrom to the show, Sam, there's a lot going on in, in Minnesota sports. You got the Timberwolves winning on the road or, yeah, having a great road series. Um, mm-hmm. You got uh, the, the Gophers beating Rutgers. As I said, after Lindsey Whalen's Gophers lost, the Gophers turned around and Ben Johnson did just enough. He put excitement back into the program, and then they almost beat Wisconsin. The last game at the barn of the year, almost beat Wisconsin. Everybody thought, I mean, 36 to 29, I think it was a score at the half. Yeah. Everybody just assumed this is going to, this is back to back. Ben Johnson's going to win back to back. Had a terrible season. One game in the Big Ten at one point, and then almost had a chance to beat their rival. Didn't happen, so we'll talk about that and then what Ben Johnson needs to do in coming up in this Big Ten tournament. But we got to talk about the, the top of the morning news. Eric Kendricks 
And I love Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks is no longer a Minnesota Viking. Uh, he will be a free agent. I'm guessing this was not a cut and then bring him back in type of a catch and release type deal or, hey, let's release him and see what happens if we can get him back. I think the chances of that are extremely slim for the fact of either one, they asked him maybe to take less money. He didn't want to do it. Maybe restructure. He didn't want to do it. And he just wants to get out there in free agency. Maybe he ends up with the Cowboys and his boy Anthony Barr. Who knows? But he will not be a Minnesota Viking as Brian Flores is going to put his fingerprint on this defense. It's going to be – it's not Mike Zimmer's defense. And and that could be part of it too. When you come in as a new defensive coordinator sometimes, the main captain, which is the middle linebacker uh, – and I don't think Eric Kendricks is this guy. Like I'm not saying – but sometimes you feel like, you know what, how can I change this defense if a guy who's been in a different system for seven years – might second guess or might want to go back to doing it how we used to do it that's i think that's probably part of it too is like and and or hey i don't need a linebacker that costs this much money because i'm gonna put the pressure on the quarterback via daniel hunter via zadarius smith and then go out and get whatever else you need to do it whether i'm creating pressure with with corners and, and safeties we don't know what brian flores defense is gonna look but we do know they're gonna need a cornerback and th this cornerback draft is deep one kid that I love that I think could be a part of this is Joy Porter Jr., but this show is not about the draft. It's about Eric Kendricks. And so when you think about Eric Kendricks now gone, Sam, what 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 came to mind right when you saw it? When I saw it, I just said, you know what? I was I I I didn't think he would be the guy, but I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, like this defense is gonna they're they attacking from the outside. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, it, it's got to be pressure. How how do I get pressure on the quarterback? Do I can I get away with not having that type of middle linebacker anymore? We'll see. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Eric Kendricks too. Um, one of the longest tenured Vikings, so he leaves a legacy here in Minnesota. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I think that contractually this made sense though. It's over nine million dollars in savings, mm -hmm. and you need to do something with that when, when you can save that much money. And, and like you said, they might've gone to him and, and asked him to take less. He might have declined and they might've said, all right, well, we do have Brian Asamoa. Uh, technically Jordan Hicks still under contract. That's yep. my next thing. I'm wondering about Ron, what are they going to do with Hicks? Cause that's another one where they can save about five if they cut him. But now that they don't have Kendricks, do they need to keep Hicks to play alongside Brian Asamoa or are they completely revamping the linebacker position? Um, you know, a couple of years ago, Ron, remember when they signed Nick Vigil, yeah. the inside linebacker, about a million, two million dollar deal, wasn't much. And I thought he played great that year. I think that's the kind of player that they probably go look for is a veteran who they can get for $10 million less than Kendricks to play at a similar level. Um, so it's unfortunate. You don't like to see the guys whose jerseys you bought leave, mm -hmm. but I think that for where he was at in his career, for the money that he cost, um, I think this made sense. I mean, this is a guy that's played in 117 games for the Minnesota Vikings. He's been a Viking in his entire career, and that's why I think it's going to be tough for a lot of fans. But but even the Vikings, you know, he was one of the captains. He was one of the voice. He had a lot. Of, he did a lot of good in the community here. Uh, but he started 113 games. You look at nine interceptions. Uh, you look at those two touchdowns with those interceptions. You look at force fumbles and fumble recoveries. You got four there, six there. You got another touchdown off a of fumble recovery. Uh, I mean, just all the things he's done. You look at the 15 sacks. Uh, you, you you know, you look at the 919 tackles. It's it's one of those careers because, again, big playoff runs. You look at all the history. 
you know, you, you now go back to thinking like, you know, was this career, which I think so, but who knows, was this career one of those 10 years from now, 15 years from now, he's going to get that purple ring of honor call. You know, do, do we feel like he's done enough? Uh, does he sit high enough? Uh, does, is he held in high enough regard to ownership that, Hey, in 10, 15 years, we're bringing this guy back to put him in the purple ring of honor. You know, you, you yeah. look at that, you know, like what, where, where does he stand amongst the Chad Greenways and so on and so forth. So that's, that's, that's always going to be a question for people is like legacy. Like what, what legacy did you leave? And I think Eric Kendrick's left a great one. I think he was one of the greats. I think he, he, he you know, he changed games. He was a, he was a sideline to sideline linebacker, especially when he was healthy. But again, like you said, it's money, you know, is that money mm -hmm. worth that like that percentage of salary on that defense, when you look at all the other holes that they had, when you're the 31st ranked defense, when you're the 32nd ranked defense in a lot of categories, you have to go back and say, you know what? Clearly having all these high paid defensive guys didn't matter. Now, whether it was Ed Donatel and, and maybe that same defense last year with Brian Flores' voice, because he was out there, he was eligible to be a defensive coordinator for the Vikings last year. He was a you know assistant for the Steelers. He could have been the coordinator last year. Maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe he didn't want to do it. I know he was suing the NFL, and so I know even um, Mike Tomlin taking a flyer on him, everybody was like, whoa, okay, all right. Brian Flores has – or uh, Mike Tomlin has his back, which I think was huge by Mike because I think that took the spotlight off the case against the NFL because that had nothing to do with him as a coach. That's his grievance against it, just like players when they sue the NFL for injury. It has nothing to do with them playing for the team they're playing. They're suing the NFL – because of the way they handled their injury claim, uh, whether it was the team they were with before they got to their new team, forced them to play injured. Um, but again, going back to Eric Kendricks, man, looking at this career, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I don't think he did any, I don't think he has any bad blood. You know, he didn't leave under weird circumstances. Um, it's just the nature of the business. And so when you look at that career and you come back and you say, is he, is he a, is he a purple ring of honor guy? I, I think so. But again, People always, it's all about perception and a lot of these types of like relationships with teams and, and the future and the past and Cal, like Calvin Johnson with the Steelers or the Alliance, you know, NFL Hall of Famer, but not really in any of the Lions stuff because of that relationship. It was weird. Um, and we don't know behind the scenes what happened towards the end right now with, with Eric Hendricks and the owners and his agent and, you know, what they were asking of him. Because clearly Adam Thielen got on, a, on, on the radio and said, we're in the midst of trying to renegotiate and see where we can get. And my guess is the Vikings are throwing out the numbers we said, you know, hey, look, we, we're going to owe you X if we cut you and it's going to hit us here. So why don't you take this and then you'll still be a Viking for the next year or two or three? Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, because a, a market for an aging wide receiver like Adam Thielen. I don't know if it's a, it's a lot out there. I think Eric Hendricks maybe is betting on himself saying, you know what? I don't need to take less with you guys. I know there's teams that could use a middle linebacker like myself. So he hits the free agent market. And I think this is, a, like I said, you know, kind of talking about what I said, showing that they're willing to cut ties with a guy like Eric Kendricks. I mean, he's been here since 2015. He was, you know, one of their, you know, first round draft picks right after Anthony Barr and so on and so forth. They, this, this, this group has no heart strings can, you know, tied to these players that have been here for eight, nine, 10 years. Like they don't, there, there's no emotional connection. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. and Sam, you know, you have kids. Yeah. It's like when you have your kids, 
you're willing to do everything. Your kids are hungry. Fine. Your kids are tired. Hey, what do you need? Your kids are cranky. Hey, how can I calm you down? You see other little cranky kids at the park. You're like, all right, go ahead on. <laughs> like, go to your Knock yourself out. Go to your parents. Get, get away yeah. from me. I, I can't deal with this. I, I can't deal with this kid. Go, go ahead. Go, go over here somewhere. You know, I'm hungry. Hey, tell your mom. Go figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's just you just don't have that same like, like, oh, I got to fix this. You know, like I felt like if Mike Zimmer was still here and it was time to look at this, these contracts, I think they would definitely uh, try to do whatever they could to keep their core pieces, like yeah. the pieces that have been here. And I just don't feel like that's going to be the theme this offseason. I think, you know, like Dalvin Cook, Eric Kendricks, um, you know, I think Daniel Hunter now looking at Eric Kendricks being gone. I think Daniel Hunter is probably safe, but you never know. Um, but I do feel like he, they know he's a game changer. Him and Zadarius together, uh, can wreak havoc. So what's the first way to get an aggressive defense, get up to the quarterback. You know, what's the next step? You got to have corners that can play man, which I've named some on my tweets. Um, I mean, there's a ton of corners out there. Uh, who knows who's going to fall to 23, but when you got five or six really good graded first round cornerbacks, I think that's a key. You know, who do you go get? And we'll, we'll talk more about that because there's a kid out there that could fall to the Vikings. But at 166 pounds, I, that scares me. You know, that reminds me of Cam Danzler early, which it took him time to get to where he's at. Right. But early that 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 frame and that that lack of weight, uh, you could see it, it weighed on his body early. Um, now he's kind of strengthened up and gotten that grown man strength. And uh, you look at the length and, and the Caleb Evans was more of his head than anything, but. Um, there, there are some guys out there that, I, you know, who knows, maybe the Vikings trade up, you know, I'm surprised. And maybe there's no trade market for Eric Kendricks. I'm surprised instead of just cutting a guy, you don't try to trade him. Like who's willing to give me a second and third round pick for Eric Kendricks. You know, maybe teams are like, look, I'm not trading you Eric Kendricks. I know you don't want to keep him. So why would I trade you for him? Um, it's not that simple, blah, blah. But you know, at the end of the day, Eric Kendricks is no longer Minnesota Viking. It's, it's tough to see him go. Uh, I, I mean, I've covered the team since he's been here. We started Vikings game day live in yeah. 2015. So, you know, my first year covering the team, doing the show, because I did in 14 and 13 a little bit on the radio, but doing the show, Vikings game day live, Eric Kendricks was like, that was our rookie class to watch at training camp. That was our rookie class to watch in preseason. Like I I, I got a ton of, you know, Eric Kendricks comments and, and he came on our show a bunch uh, as the pregame interview because he was young and they're like, hey, take, take the young rookie and. You know, man, I mean, and, and even looking at this myself, I'm like, man, I can't believe I've been doing it this long. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons. Like, man, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But when I see that number, 15, I'm like, yeah, that was that was like 14 was our first kind of off season and 15 was our first season. Like, I, I remember that. But, you know, it is what it is. Eric Kendricks, like I said, is no longer a Minnesota Viking. Uh, but I do think this is going to be one of those uh, where you don't know. Like, literally, you don't know. You don't know what this this organization is going to do now, this regime, uh, because they just don't have that same love and affection for these guys. Do they care for them? Yeah. Uh, do they love them as humans? Yeah. It's a business at the end of the day. But coming up next, we got to talk about the Timberwolves. Timberwolves had a great stretch, and we've talked about this playoffs. I think one. I think the one seed is probably the safest seed right now in the West. But now the Memphis Grizzlies. And we'll talk about that in the third uh, segment as well. They're having some off the field issues, off the court issues. So could that mess with their, because they're only about two games, you know, two to five games from them dropping down to where the Timberwolves are. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's very close. 
And so can the West do enough to be where they're at? And I think, I truly think the Timberwolves are in a spot right now, and we'll talk about this, to end up in the Western Conference Finals. Ooh. I just think where they're at, they can end up in the Western Conference Finals. But I want you guys to remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a par partner with CARE 11. Just check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our locked on shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. Ron, you mentioned it in the open. We're approaching March Madness, and that means lines, and that means over-unders, and that means buzzer beaters, and it's just going to be fantastic. FanDuel.com slash locked on is the place where you can get started to get in the action during March Madness, America's number one sports book. You can get the no sweat first bet if you sign up today. Get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if that first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Very safe, very secure, very easy to use. Look at all the lines from all the leagues, including college basketball, NBA coming down the stretch, NHL coming down the stretch. Money lines, point scorers, three-pointers made, winning margins. So many options and so many ways to stack your bets as well using same-game parlays for bigger payouts. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim your no-sweat first bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. That's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, Sam, as I talked about before, we had talked about this stretch, and we talked about this West Coast stretch, and I'm looking forward uh, to the next two weeks, give or take. We got uh, Katie Storm. She's going to join us, uh, Bally Sports Analyst. Follows the, you know, she works for the Timberwolves and Valley Sports. So we're going to get her take on this too. Uh, we're also going to try to get a couple more insiders from the Timberwolves uh, to join the show. But we do have some basketball guys that can talk basketball. James Theus, uh, JT Theus, uh, played at Syracuse, now is the junior NBA director. Uh, so he'll also be able to talk a little bit into uh, what's going on in the NBA. So, but as we talk about this Timberwolves team, and again, they're not getting some of these teams at full strength. We know that. This is, this is the low management time of the year when everybody's getting ready for the playoffs. But when you look at this, the, the Warriors, that was the one game where I said, I don't think they have a chance. Like, I think the Warriors, uh, but they only lost by five, Sam. Like, they 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 went the Warriors, uh, and they only lost by five. Now, granted, when you look at who the Warriors played that game, you know, like Steph Curry didn't play, yeah. um, you know, Draymond didn't play. So you're not getting – you know, like that full team, even though Clay Thompson put up 32, uh, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, you know, he put up 21, but you're not getting, you know, the same. You got Jordan Poole in there, you know, he's going to he's going to do his thing, but you didn't get the Steph Curry effect and they still lost and they lost by five, though. So does Steph Curry come in and give you 30? Probably. So who knows where they really stack up against a team like the Warriors? But then you look at the Lakers, same thing. We know LeBron's hurt. You're not getting the true Lakers team right now. Um, you know, we thought this was going to be the, the D'Lo revenge game, but then of course D'Lo, you know, talking about his, his ankle and all this other stuff and he's injured. And so you're not getting, you're not getting these teams completely at full strength. Like you thought you were going to get, you know, like it's not, it's not what you thought it was going to be. And so when you look at, uh, three and one on the road, they beat the Clippers, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Kings. And this is where I go and I'm going to pay off the tease early. I kind of said they're in a spot right now, in my opinion, that they could win or sorry, get to the Western Conference Finals, not win it. Why? Because of the Kings. You look at the Kings and the Kings were one of the most like, I guess, cockiest. 
don't know if you've seen their press conferences, Sam, but they're extremely cocky. They have this chain they wear after wins and you know they, they don't care you know when they were telling them about uh in the press conference they were telling them about all the trades that happened uh within their um conference in the west you know durant went here and so and so went here and they you know malik monk you know they're sitting up on the stage oh we don't give a f who plays where it's about us we we are the team we're, we're the team to worry about and so when you look at De'Aaron fox you look at malik monk um which i don't know why malik monk is so cocky like he doesn't do a ton uh but he is good but De'Aaron Fox against the Timberwolves. You know, you got Harrison Barnes. So they went Keegan Murray. You know, they're going at him. You know, Sabonis. Um, you know, Kevin uh, Huter. I mean, they had the whole team. I mean, Huter gave you 29. Fox gave you 25. Sabonis gave you 24. And Harrison Barnes gave you 20. I mean, that's crazy. That's a crazy stat line for your starting five. Or your, yeah, your starting five. To all of them be in the 20s? Four guys in the 20s? And you still lose 138 to 134. Um, Anthony Edwards gave you 27. Mike Conley Jr. gave you 24. Jaden McDaniels gave you 19. Kyle Anderson gave you 18. Rudy Gobert gave you 13. You know, and then Alexander Walker gave you 16. I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know how sustainable that is in a playoff run. If they can all give you big numbers like that. But this is the one thing I do notice about that game specifically with Mike Conley Jr. Mike Conley Jr., um, I don't know if he makes better decisions than D'Lo, but I feel like it, it kind of, it, maybe it's the, the the maturity of where he's at in his game, but it seems like he picks and chooses his shots at the right times, where it felt like at times D'Lo would take a shot and you're like, dude, Anthony Edwards is wide open, or why aren't you trying to get the ball to Anthony Edwards here? Why are you taking this three? Like, we get it. But I just feel like Mike Conley Jr. is going to get it done. And so the yeah. reason why I say that they can get to the Western Conference Finals, here it is. If they were to start it right now, Clippers, Pelicans, Jazz, they all have to play for the play-in, plus the Mavs. My guess is the Mavs win because the Mavs are good. Kyrie and them are hitting it. Clippers, in my opinion, are a better team than the Pelicans and the Jazz, so I think the Clippers are fine. So I think it's gonna it would pan out the way it is right now. None of the teams below them, I feel like, can really make a run unless somehow the Lakers end up in the play-in game and they possibly can get hot. Like if LeBron comes back, like that's the big difference in that Lakers team. But – who knows how long they're out with them. But when you look at the, the Nuggets, would have to play the Clippers. The Mavs would play the Grizzlies, which that's the scariest thing in the world for the Grizzlies right now. The Grizzlies are praying. The Grizzlies are praying that the Timberwolves drop below the Mavs. Like they're like literally they're on their knees praying because they don't want to play the current Mavs team. When you watch Kyrie and Luka Doncic together, it's unstoppable. Now, granted, the West is just a shootout every game these teams play. Like you just saw the Suns, um, you know, barely beat them. But again, it was a good game. Luka had a chance to make the shot at the end and missed it. I mean, literally went in and back out, and then him and Devin Booker got into a fight. I don't get it. it made no sense. <laughs> but then you got the Warriors or the, the Timberwolves Grizzly or Timberwolves Kings. I think the Timberwolves mm-hmm. can beat the Kings. They've shown it. I do too. You know, they they're, only, they're only four and a half games back from the Kings. So it's not like they're super far from the Kings. They're only a half game back from the Warriors to be the fifth seed. I don't know if you want the fifth seed, though. I don't know if you want the Suns. Like, somebody, I saw a tweet that said the Western Conference is going to play itself out to the very last game. I think so. And I think also that very last game for some teams, they're like, look, if we win this game, we play the Kings. If we lose this game, we play the Suns. Let's win this game and go play the Kings. Like, or vice versa. If we lose this game, we play the Kings. 
If we win this game, we play the Grizzlies. All right. Everybody you're resting, towel boy, you're starting point guard tonight. Like, we're going to make sure we lose. <laughs> like, I'm calling my G League guys up. Like, I'm I'm just say, I'm saying, hey, look, I'm resting my players. Because you don't want the Grizzlies in the first round. I'd rather have the Kings. But Ron, check, Gri- check this out. So FanDuel's got the odds on NBA yep. champions, right? The Suns are far and away number one in the West. But wow. by, by a long shot. They're plus 460 to come out of the West. Nuggets are plus 800. Nuggets are the one seed, and the Suns are well above them in odds. It's the bets, though. We know where the people are putting their money is where the odds start to fix themselves, and they're like, wait, why are we getting so many people hammering the Suns? And that's what happened. The minute KD, because I saw that on, uh, on, on, on TV, maybe online, but the minute KD went to the Suns, and it happened, because you could see, and that was the, that was the De'Aaron Fox you know, moment, uh, him and uh, what's his name, Malik Monk with the chain on, when they were alerted. And then uh, what's his name? uh like cj mccullough or one of them too they were like they got caught up you know how it is when somebody gets trade a big trade happens everybody gets the you know the 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 response happens um and the response was like uh cj mccullough said he even texted kevin durant himself like yo is this for real are you really going to the suns and he said kevin durant texted back like yep and that was it like like that was so i think at that moment if I'm a betting man, who knows what the, and, and we'd have to go back and do some research, maybe get the research team to look up for us. But when that happened, I wonder what the odds were before that. Because if, if that trade happens and you're like, oh shoot, it's at 1500, you know, plus 1500 for the Suns, I'm betting that because now I know it's better. My odds are better and I'm going to put money. And so now it's starting to correct. And then we watch them play together. Like Kevin Durant is the most, like, he reminds me of a guy that can go to any, any gym. LA Fitness, Lifetime Fitness, uh, the local YMCA, the church league. He can play with anybody. Like he can play with anybody. He is a guy you can plug and play with. You put him on the Timberwolves right now. I'd say they would jump up to a plus 800 to win because you put him with Anthony Edwards. Again, you got two scores. Now you put him with Devin Booker. When you watch that floor spacing, because somebody brought this up last time, the Suns were right in it. Chris Paul got hurt at the end and we know what happened. Now if Chris Paul gets hurt. Who cares? You got Kevin Durant. You got Devin Booker. And so, but the Timberwolves, where they are right now, the sixth seed, I think they could beat the Kings. And then what happens is if the Grizzlies somehow beat the Mavericks, which probably won't happen, but if they do, then they have to play the Nuggets. They play the Nuggets because mm-hmm. the Nuggets are probably going to beat the Clippers. They play the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets, then they're playing, you know, the Suns probably. The Suns are probably coming out of that four seed. That's what's going to happen. Now, if some, for some odd reason the Mavericks do beat the Grizzlies and then the Timberwolves win, unfortunately, then the Timberwolves got to play the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> and then this it's over. It's over at that point. Suns-Warriors is is going to be way too good of a first-round series. Like those, it's, it's a shame that one of those teams could get eliminated if they right. play each other in the first round. And that's this is what's, what's even crazier. And you don't want to think this way because you want your team to go out and play as hard as they can because you, you, you can't worry about who. The Warriors might mess around and lose. I'm not saying Kerr's that guy, but the Timberwolves could end up the fifth seed. Like, they could end up the fifth seed, and, and everybody's like, oh, I don't want – I'm sick of this team being a play-in team. Like, they need to just get in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs of the fifth seed. And one of the top five teams in their conference, and then they have to play the Suns. That's the worst news ever. But, again, two games back, Suns-Kings. Suns can end up most likely the three seed. And then you play the Timberwolves. So, so because you look at the Suns 
who they have coming up. And this again, this is all about the Timberwolves, and, and that's what matters. But the Thunder, they probably beat them. Suns are going to play the Kings, so we're going to see where that supremacy is in the West because the Suns have to on Saturday, March 11th. I'm going to be tuned in. I can't wait because my anniversary is March 10th. My daughter has softball March 10th. We're going to the Gopher game, so I'll be reporting on the Gopher game that Monday. Uh, they're playing at U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay. But then the Kings play the Suns on Saturday. We have no sports that Saturday. Suns then play the Warriors, and that's th- that Monday the 13th, Sam. That's when we're going to figure it out. We're, but then this is – I don't know if they did this on – like, no, they did do this on purpose. The schedule's been up. The Bucks play the Suns, Sam, on the 14th of March. That could be the NBA championship. Bucks versus Suns. Yeah, rematch. A rematch. And we're going to get it. You're going to get the Bucks versus Suns. And then you then you got the Suns Magic. They win that. You got the Suns Thunder. They win that. You got the Suns Lakers. They win that. You got the Suns King. Like, you look at the teams they have, and then you do get the Suns Timberwolves on March 29th. Again. But you got the Suns Jazz. They win that. You got the Suns Nuggets, March 31st. You get to see one versus four, or at that point, maybe one versus three. Then you got the Spurs. You got the Nuggets again. You got the Thunder. You got the Lakers. You got the Clippers. So I just feel like the Suns have the best chance to really jump because everybody said it's, it's going to come down to the end, but I think the Suns have the best chance to jump. That's just my opinion. And I think the Timberwolves, when you look at this stretch and why I say they're, they're, they're kind of in a perfect spot right now um, is because of who they play. But Sam, like, do you think it's that simple or do you think the Timberwolves still have a lot to figure out? Well, I like I like the proposal in theory. Like I think that the Wolves Kings is a good matchup. I just know that in the last 16 17 games these standings are going to shift on the daily. Like oh, yeah. if it en- if it ends up this way, I'm all for it. I'm I too am nervous about the Suns and in fact, I'm kind of rooting for the Suns to just move all the way up to 2, right? <laughs> to get out the so way. That, so then so then the Wolves <laughs> can just freely play for the 5 seed, play for the 6 seed. And not have to worry about playing the Suns because that's by far the worst matchup. In, I would rather play the one seed Nuggets than the Suns. True. I would True. rather go to the play in game and take my chances there than play the Suns in the first round in a seven game series. Um, so, but hey, the Timberwolves have their, their work cut out for them too. You know, they've got a lot of road games. They do. 76ers coming up, really tough games. Celtics yep. coming up, really tough game, both at home. So that helps. But, Warriors coming up later, Kings, Suns. This is the tough end of the stretch. So, I mean, the Timberwolves might be comfortable now, but they could find themselves back in the ninth seed any any day if they lose a couple in a row. So that's just the way the West is this year. True. And when you look at, like, gimme games, like, they, they don't really have any gimme games because even the eighth seed Hawks, they play them twice coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a gimme. Like, the eighth seed Hawks is not a gimme because if Trey Young gets hot, it's a it's a tough matchup. And and Mike Conley, um, I just don't know if he moves as well as he used to defensively to to because Trey Young runs. And so I don't know if you switch that matchup up and you say, hey, Anthony Edwards, you go shut him down, you know, kind of like Bo Cruz. <laughs> just yeah. just be 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 the TV version of yourself. Be a be a bully and go push t- Trey Young around. Cause we know like when when he got bullied in some of those games, he disappeared. Like when he got bumped, when he got pushed, when he got bullied. Trey Young disappears. And so, you know, they got the Bulls. They can win that. They got the Raptors. They can win that. They got the Nets. They can win that. Yeah, you're right. Celtics, 76ers, that's tough. You got Warriors. You got Kings. You got Suns. That's tough. But then you got the Lakers, Trailblazers, Knicks, Spurs, Pelicans. Like those last five, they can go, they can go five and oh to end the season. And I think that's going to be the key. Like that back to back 
Timberwolves, Spurs, Pelicans, Timberwolves. Like that's going to be a tough test from at the end, but they can go five and oh and put themselves right back in that six or five seed or, or figure it out or say, Hey, look, we we're, we're good where we're at. Like the team in front of us can't beat us and the team behind us can't jump us. The only way we could do is if they lose and we win, that jumps us up. But other than that, if they lose and we lose, we're good. So who knows? Who knows if they'll do that? I know teams don't go into it. We, we had uh, Eric Murray's going to uh, be on the show soon. And he, he I talked to him about that, you know, having a chance to be the number one seed uh, for a draft status. Uh, did you guys want to tank? Did you get you know, like, no, man, we, we go out to play the game. I don't care. You know, and so I, I don't think an NBA team is going to think that through, even though the coach might. But we got the daily three coming up. That's three questions, three minutes each. Me and Sam, we're going to dive into this. We got Gopher basketball. We have to talk about Gophers basketball. One coach got to stay. One coach left, chose to leave. One coach lost uh, pretty bad um, throughout the season, but then found a way to turn it around the last two games. We're going to talk about that coming up next. But, hey, make sure you check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a delicious treat without the fat and calories? That's where you got to try a Built Bar. Built Bar helps you eat nutritiously, but so tasty as well. 100% real chocolate. That's the Built Bar guarantee. Unbelievable flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, and you can get them online, built.com, but also in store. You can drive on down to Walmart when you go for groceries, go for that random item you get during the middle of the day. Uh, head on to the pharmacy section, look for the four bar box and get a few built bars to uh, give you a nice, nutritious, delicious snack that you can munch on during the week. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. Find all of that at Walmart or even Sam's Club as well in the pharmacy section. Find those bigger 13-bar boxes. You can thank me later. Go get some Built Bars today. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Gophers basketball. We're still grappling with the fallout of this Lindsey Whalen stuff. Is she... Uh, asked to leave slash fired slash stepped down kind of tough to describe it, but uh, she's out as women's coach and you've got Ben Johnson kind of on the hot seat, I guess on the men's side, Mark Coyle pointed out, Ron, that over the last 25 years, the men's and women's basketball teams are winning only 40% of their big 10 games in a quarter century. So Ron, I ask <laughs> you, why can't Gophers basketball break through? Whew. Well, I, I think it's a curse. I think you go back to Clem Haskins and some of the stuff that happened, the way they handled the Gophers then. Um, you look at uh, whether, you know, oh, we're going to take these away. We're going to take the Final Four away, all this stuff. So it could be a little bit of a curse. The other part of it, though, honestly, when you think about the Big Ten, it's a sleeping giant. Like the Big Ten every year has a team hovering in that top four, top five. It always has a team hovering as the number one team like maybe for a little bit, and then they drop down. Uh, when you talk about the Final Four, when you talk about the Elite Eight, the Big Ten always has guys in there. And then the Big Ten, just like Big Ten football, it's it's a little bit of cannibalism. Like no matter how bad – I mean, think about Rutgers losing to Minnesota. Think about the Gophers almost beating the Badgers for men's basketball. That's how the Big Ten is. It's like some as long as your guys come to play, and that's basketball or any sports, but in the Big Ten it just feels like like Kansas – 
they've won the Big 12 championship, what they say, like the last 12 times, like 12 years, 12 times in 20 years or some crap like that. Or, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of times they've won the Big 12 championship. I know it's like 12 times. And so it's it's that for them. And the Big 12 is like, it's Kansas. They're always going to be there. The Big 10 is not like that. And so um, I don't know if it's recruiting. I don't know if it's because Wisconsin has been stealing a ton of Minnesota players. Iowa has been good. Um, a lot of these kids are like their top minute. I mean, look at Trey Holloman. You look at Duke coming in and getting the top players here, uh, you know, with, with, with Trey Jones and, and Tyus Jones and, and, and Gary Trent Jr. Like, you know, Amir Coffey was one of the last few. Joe Prisabella, you can go back to uh, uh, Humphreys. Like, you just don't have that enough where those guys every year are wanting to stay home uh, and build something at home. Like, these kids see these – like, I'll never forget thinking about that with um, – the kid from uh, uh, Rochester, um, Matthew Hurt. Matthew Hurt, like goes to Duke, has a mediocre career there. You know, now people always say, "Oh, the connections from Duke." You know, the alumni, bro. Social media, you can have connections everywhere. If you if you go to the NBA and if you become a big time Big Ten player, you're gonna have the connections. Like I just don't feel like Duke players that used to play go off, and then all of a sudden they're getting all these business opportunities. Uh, I think that's a misnomer. I think that's a recruiting tactic uh, for them to say, you know, whatever they call themselves. I forgot because the brotherhood, you know, the brotherhood is the strongest. I just think players need to figure it out. But if the, until the, the Gophers can consistently recruit in state, uh, like Lindsey Whalen started it, she looks like she had it going, like she was getting great players and she had a good recruiting class. I think that's the key. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just look around the Big Ten and if Rutgers – can build a winner. And they were they were awful. Like mid 2010s terrible. When they joined the Big 10, they were the laughing stock. Yeah. And they've built it up to yep. now where they are a winner. Um Penn State, not a basketball school. They they find a way to be competitive and and not always, but like they when they're down, they crawl out of it, right? Ne- Nebraska does not have a basketball tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, they're better than the Gophers right now. Everybody's better than the Gophers right now. Northwestern is a small school, and they're one of the best in the Big Ten right now because they've been able True. to keep guys there for four or five years and just have like a veteran-laden team. True. Gophers can't retain anybody, Ron. Like that. This goes back to the Richard Pitino era. Guys leave so easily, yeah. and it 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 kind of can it boggles my mind because. It's not like the rest of the Big Ten are in tropical locations or right. or cities that are more vibrant than Minneapolis. No, like guys are leaving this big metropolis, this kind of historic arena. It's a big name program, even though it doesn't have a lot of recent basketball success. I just don't get why they can't hold on to their players. No, Drew, I, I don't get it either. What you got next? All right. Um, John Morant. Yeah, we got to talk about Ja. He has been implicated twice in a week for flashing a weapon. Now, once he did it on his own social media at a club, mm-hmm. and the other was a, a a police report or a you know someone accusing him of hitting a minor and then flashing a gun at him, and and mm-hmm. he's been suspended for two games. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about the length of that suspension, Ron, and just kind of jaw in general? Well, okay, here's the thing: if it was a fight, it's a fight, and now the kid's a minor, seventeen or whatever. Like that needs to be figured out between John and his parents, civil suit, whatever. Uh, it, it, who knows why that fight happened? Argument, basketball, nobody. I think they said it was a pickup game or something. So, and I've been at gyms. People say things, you know, crazy, thinking that they're going to get away with it. Who knows? So, I, I, I will never take sides on that. 
Uh, when it comes to flashing a weapon, to me, if you want to fight, fight. But threatening a guy with a gun, like, for what? Like, you're not going to kill anybody. And if you do, you're an idiot. Like, $200 million, Nike money, all this other stuff. You have your own shoe. And you're one, you want to flash a gun. Now, flashing a gun on social media. Clearly, alcohol was involved. Clearly, trying to be a part of the crowd. Uh, even the way he held it, though, it wasn't like a point. It was like a, you know, he held it like somebody made a joke. Like, he held it like Will Smith and Men in Black when he got the noisy cricket. You know, he held it like a little gun, you know. And so, you know, it just it, it it didn't he didn't hold it like he was tough. He just like held it up, which is like, what are you doing now? If it's his gun, it's legally owned. It's in his name. He wants to pull his gun out on social media. He's not pointing at anybody. He's not threatening anybody with it. He's not holding a low loaded gun in the club. Probably wasn't loaded because he's in a club. But who knows? Who knows that situation? This is what I will say. Kids are watching. John Morant now is like Allen Iverson when I was, you know, around. Mm -hmm. He's one of the young, hot faces of the NBA. He, you know, he's grittying like, you know, Justin Jefferson. He has the uh, the the star power to end up on SportsCenter every week with a big dunk or a big play. Why? Why? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I've seen guys ruin their life over trying to be in that life trying to sell drugs, trying to carry a gun to school. You make one bad decision, they take football away from you. And so I always knew that. And so I tried to stay away from that. I was blessed with Spice Adams and Jeff McCall and Will Bradford, friends that did not do that stuff. So that when we hung out, we were on the straight and narrow. We weren't trying to end up in trouble or end up you know, on somebody's table because we have a gun and somebody else has a gun and they're scared and they're going to shoot us. It's just so much to it. Because again, you showed me your gun after we get into a fight and if i have a gun i'm not going to give you a chance to pull it if, if i think you're that guy like i'm gonna shoot you first and then i re i legally can do that you showed me a gun i felt threatened i shot you i was i was defending myself i was defending my ground standing my ground so that's that's why like when you have that much money you have a security team go get a security team keep them around not your boys you know and and, and the the suspension length i think it's fine whatever the nba wants to do because they have the fbi on their payroll just like the nfl these guys are gonna they've already been involved in this stuff they can go like I, I talked to the twins guy that does the fbi security stuff the amount of access the fbi fbi has when i when he told me this i was like whoa like they literally have your passwords they can go into the back door of all your accounts they can see all of your social media your text messages the messages you sent where they were originated from if somebody's trying to threaten you where are they actually located when they sent this message like the fbi can do way more than they do but they legally know if they do too much they're gonna be in trouble um but they could turn on your microphone in a minute and just listen to you like i i've talked to a guy like i said i've talked to a guy who gets this information from the fbi for the twins so i'm guessing Crazy. two days two days is enough for the fbi to do what they need to do for Ja to scrub his accounts go through everything see messages from him and his boys and then let the NBA know what they think. So I don't know. You have any thoughts on it? No, I mean, what, well put on your part. Um, I'll, I can move on. I thought you said it well. All right, what um, you got next? Yeah, so the big Power 5 basketball conferences now moving into conference tournament time. March Madness is turning up the heat. Um, Gophers playing the Big Ten tournament debuting this week. What are you excited to see this week leading up to the bracket reveal on Sunday? Uh, well, you know, for these bubble teams now, this is the time. So the one, two, three, and four seeds are pretty much set. You know, you look at that top 16 uh, in college basketball. 
I don't see too many of those jumping past where they should be, where there's a one to four seed. The cool thing about these tournaments is the fives, the sevens, the twelves, the elevens, those all get figured out in a lot of these conference championships. Like a lot of people who were like, oh, they might be a 12 seed. They win the conference championship or they go to the finals of it. Oh, wait, no, they're a seven seed. Like this is this is where you start to, to see these brackets pan themselves out. Uh, you also get to figure out who's going to end up in Kansas. Because Kansas, in my opinion, is the top team, even though Houston's number one. But Houston almost lost. Houston literally took them. I mean, they were tied 65-65, but took them a last-minute shot to, to stay number one um recently and so when you think about that i think it was memphis i think it was memphis versus houston uh when you think about that and 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 that team i just like kansas looks dominant and so i'm excited to see some of these like smaller schools even who's going to be in from these small schools is there going to be another cinderella story that we need to get behind and and, you know because they're going to come in as a 14 seed or a 12 seed and they have a chance to beat you know the team that they that the five or something's going to get upset uh because that happens all the time you know, 14 could possibly potentially win a game, but we, we, you just don't know. We'll see. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that. And then, I mean, honestly, the Gophers, because you saw what Lindsey Whalen did uh, in her, you know, tournament one and done. Uh, I think Ben Johnson, I think everybody's going to be watching that game. Uh, he gets, he, I think he draws Nebraska uh, 14 versus 11. Definitely a winnable game. If you can upset the 11th seed, uh, and just get one more game in for the season. I think it helps his case uh, as far as, hey, let me keep building what I'm trying to build. Your thoughts? Yep. Um, on Johnson, I think that I think he has next year guaranteed. That's my opinion. I think mm-hmm. that regardless of the outcome, I think that Mark Coyle does understand that that he had to rebuild his roster completely in year one. He's had a ton of injuries this year. Um, the Dennis Evans thing hurts. I don't think it's going to cost Ben Johnson's job. And I think that the way they played against Rutgers in Wisconsin certainly, certainly helps. Um, So I think he's back regardless of what happens. And then low key, I'm kind of, I'm watching St. Thomas right now. They're going to, and this is a hilarious uh, deal. They're headed to the summit league semifinals. If they win the conference, they don't go to the big dance because they moved moved to D1. They're under probation. So the NCAA could have egg on their face if St. Thomas wins the summit and isn't allowed to go into the the, uh, the bracket. That would be hilarious. I heard about that. Yeah, I was listening to that on uh, the radio, on, on XM Radio, and somebody bought that up uh, that that's dumb. Like, just because you – it's not like you went from D1 to D2 or D1 to D3. I get that. Like, let's see how much they dominate because we don't want to let them in our tournament. But the fact that they're a small school playing against the big boys and you put them under pro- – like, what is the probation for? Like, what do you want to see? If they if they put too much money in the program? Like, what are you doing? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I know, like, former Eden Prairie Eagle Drake Dobbs is there who went to Liberty. Uh, they got, you know, the kid from ICO. So, uh, I think Kendall – I don't know if he's going to stay, but Kendall Brown or Courtney Brown, one of the Brown – the older Brown brother from – um. East Ridge, East Ridge, he's there. Yeah. Yep. I think he's going to transfer those, my guess, but I know he is there. I don't know if he's still there, but he was there. Uh, so they put some, you know, they've gotten some recruits that were, you know, went off to D1s and then decided to come back to uh, St. Thomas. So that's another reason why they're winning. But I still don't understand this probation. Like I don't understand. Like, yeah, yeah, I hope they do win so that this is a big argument of like, this is dumb. This is the dumbest probation ever. 
Uh, but that'll do it for us today on the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra. I want to thank you guys for continuing to listen, down, download, like, and share. Remember, you can go to Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download and search for the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. It'll be right there on your TV. Get all of our videos, all of our shows. And if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe. You have to go to YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we will have podcasts after every single game. Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Eric Kendrick's getting cut. Uh, but like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Let us know your thoughts. Is getting rid of Eric Kendrick's the right move for the Minnesota Vikings? I want to thank you and have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.